Hey, 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 everyone. This is DJ Sunshine, and today I will be having a special guest for my podcast, the one, the only, Ms. Zaria L. Green, who is not only my freshman year roommate, but is also a very good sis of mine. Welcome to the show, Zaria. Hello, DJ Sunshine. Thank you for having me as your guest today. I am very honored to be here, and I am happy to talk about our topic today. Yes, and our topic today is Black Love. So, for starters, I want to start off with the first question, and that is our parents' love stories. So, would you like to go first, or should I go first? Um, I can take it from here. I'll go first. Um, so, my parents actually got married at a very young age. They were married at 24, and um, their wedding was a little non-traditional. I know a lot of people wait till marriage to have kids, but my mom um, had my brother and myself. I was, I believe, three uh, when they got married, and yeah, they've been together ever since, and we added a few more members to the green crew. Um, Now we have Zariah, who is 16, Zamira, who is 18, of course myself, I am 22, Rajay, he's the oldest, he is 29, and the youngest and the most favorite is um, Barry, he is 7. Um, One thing that I noticed from my parents' relationship is, you know, they dated, they talked, and then they got engaged and they got married, which is, of course, the whole dream when you meet a relationship with somebody. Um, But I think for them, it's a little bit different because they met in their adulthood. Um, And they weren't teens, they didn't college sweethearts or anything like that. You know, they met as adults and it's not funny, but they actually met at a funeral. That's how they met. I love hearing um, how they met. And my dad said he knew that she was the one from the first look. I don't know if he's just saying that because it's five kids later (laughs) or what, but um, he said that he knew. And it was so funny because my mom was not interested at all. But thank God I put them together, and now it's a whole green, green um, gang of us. I think one thing when it comes to dating for me and just looking at their relationship and what I would want out of a man is just seeing um, my dad just raise three girls. I feel like sometimes it's easy for men to raise boys, but, you know, my dad has and is very active in our lives, and... Um, he definitely contributed to who we are and what who we would come and things like that. And honestly, um, I love, you know, everything's not perfect, but I honestly really respect and I love the connection that my parents have. They literally balance each other out. They're completely opposite. And when they say opposites attract, you know, you'd really want to believe it, but I see it firsthand every single day. You know, um, my mom, she was blessed to be a stay-at-home mom. So she just raised us and she held the house down with like cooking and cleaning and things like that. And my dad was um, or is the working parent. And honestly, you know, it works for them, thankfully. Um, And I honestly wouldn't want it any other way, honestly. Um, I, I feel like working hard and getting what we work for and what we want and if it's something that we can't get at this moment setting a goal and getting it is something that my dad instilled in us nothing comes easy in life and my mom was really heavy on getting an education and you know just she taught us how to be sweet and kind to people and things like that she was always that nourishing factor that held us down and uh, my dad 
he showed us tough love but not like in a rough way you know he didn't accept tears as a form of like an apology he wanted you to say your feelings and things like that and I feel like at a young age that can be kind of confusing but now you know I'm glad that he's done that because if somebody's yelling at me at my job I can't just sit there and cry you know so he taught me how to respectfully tell someone how I feel and get my point across and never settle and don't take no for answers not that the answer that you're looking for um so between the two of them and their personalities and things like that um I really can truly say that they really contribute to who me and my siblings are today um so Layla what about your background with your parents love story let's let's talk about the Johnson family Yes, and what a beautiful love story that you just shared. That Thank was you. very beautiful. Thank you. So, for my parents, they actually went to the same high school. They went to Hamilton High School on the south side. And my mom's best friend, who is actually my godmom as well, actually knew both my mom and my dad. So, she kind of played like matchmaker in a sense. And so... Um, I remember my mom telling me recently that apparently my dad tried to holler at her like their freshman year, but he said she wasn't going, she wasn't feeling me. But, you know, she said that he like complimented her gold chain and that she didn't consider that flirting. So she just brushed him off. So it's always like funny to hear like who they think made the first move. Um, but to continue on with the story, my godmom actually set them up together and um, my mom expressed interest in my dad. So what my godmom did was is she was on the phone with my mom and then she added my dad to the phone call and she basically muted my mom on the other end and was just talking to my dad and was like, hey, like somebody's feeling you, somebody likes you. And then like a couple moments went by and then like my godmom like put my mom back on so it was like a whole three-way call and she was like it's me like I'm the one that likes you um and like what do you know like you know years later they had me they had my brother Philip who's you know 18 my sister Lola who's 13 um and even like within that high school time period like they went to prom together um and like my dad wore like this really nice white um, and my mom wore silver and um, also like similar to your parents, like I was in their wedding. Um, they did have me. Um, I was like a couple months old, had to be like two to three months old. Um, and so like even though like I wasn't able to talk or really, really do anything, but you know, cry basically, um, it still means a lot that I was able to like share that special moment with them, um, like looking back at the pictures and stuff. Um, and like me and my brother, like we're four years apart. Me and my sister, we're like a little bit farther than that. Um, but like, we're all like really tight and, you know, close knit and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just really grateful, you know, for Hamilton High School for, you know, like bringing my parents together and, you know, kind of like what you touched on too. Like my dad was like the class clown at Hamilton and stuff. And my mom was like the straight A student, like she was all books, books, books. So I will also consider my parents to be complete opposite, but they also like just balance each other out like so well. And they're both like so funny. And I feel like I get my humor from <laughs> both of them as well. So yes, I give all the praise to Hamilton High School for starting off that love story and for making sure that I am here today. 
Now on to the next question. How is it being in a two-parent household? Um, personally, for me, I feel very blessed to have that opportunity. I know a lot of people don't have the same situation. A lot of things are, you know, different. And I love to hear those stories. Um, and I never try to relate to anything that anyone tells me because, honestly, I can't. But I can always sympathize and feel for someone. Um, growing up, like I said, like my dad was always working, and my mom stayed home with us most of the time, honestly. But it's so crazy because when I think about it, as much as he worked, he never missed a basketball game, um, little musicals like in elementary school when we used to like ring the triangle <laughs> once and things like that. He always showed up for every event. So it really, they really just really did balance each other. And I think because one, their love, and two, they kind of had the same goal as to provide and give their family a life and everything that they never had. And I, in my opinion, I believe they did achieve that goal. So growing up in a two-parent household, it was kind of just like the norm, honestly. And, you know, I know some people do get divorced or like their parents may not be married or things like that or whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, I, I've been blessed to grow up in a married mom and dad typical um, household. And because of the sacrifices that they have made, um, it just speaks volume of who I am today, who my sisters are. Um, and they really instilled the power of God, love, and family in us. Um, and it shows, it really does. My sisters are like my best friends and for them, one's a sophomore and one's a senior. So they're just like two peas in a pot, honestly. Um, and they're inseparable and they have each other. And then of course the seven year old, he tries whenever he can to be a part of us and things like that. But he's, he's very smart for his age. So it's, it's not very hard for him to fit in at all. And now that I'm about to leave college and my sister is about to go to college, it kind of just, you know, for, College is not a thing that everyone has to do. That is definitely an optional thing. So I think just growing up in that two-parent household and having them sacrifice and um, just instill what's important in us and set goals for each other, it wasn't like college. Even though it is an option, it just wasn't an option. But we still made the choice to do it. So um, I feel like that, you know, even though I'm the one in school and things like that, I still feel like that kind of mindset reflects on my mom and dad. And now they're about to have you know, two two kids um, with a college degree. So, you know, I, I just, I thank them for everything they have done and everything that they're doing because they, they are phenomenal. I absolutely adore my parents. I have so much love and respect for them. And honestly, with all the things that they instilled in me, when I'm ready to get married and things like that, I, I would hope to follow in their footsteps with the um, two-parent household as well. And, have my kid raised in a married two-parent household. I agree. I agree with you 100%. And when it comes to, like, my perspective, you know, being raised in a two-parent household, so I was, like, mostly around, like, with my granny and stuff. When I was, like, growing up, like, my mom would be working, my dad would be working, so I would literally be with my mom's mom watching General Hospital um, to sit right in front of the TV 
and it would be so crazy because I feel like that's where like my obsession with Diet Pepsi be, like came because my grand she'd be like you want some girl and she'll just give me a sip of her Diet Pepsi and like same with like my big daddy and stuff like he loved Dr. Pepper he would always go to like the gas station and get him a pack of cigarettes and a Dr. Pepper and thankfully I'm not smoking cigarettes but I do love me a good Dr. Pepper as well but I say that to say like growing up my parents were always like you know working to like provide for us and stuff and um even like my aunt she would be the one who would like um pick me up from school once the school day was over and then I would go straight to my granny house to work on my homework until my parents got off of work um thankfully we literally lived right across the alley from my granny's house so it wasn't like a super long trip like back and forth like I literally could have walked home like if I was just a little bit older but my parents like they knew like you know life can be crazy out here and stuff like that but we were literally just like across the alley um and then like once I got to like middle school um I felt like it was kind of stressful for me to like be in a two-parent household only specifically when it came to like dueling out punishments and like consequences if you will because not only you know would I have like a certain consequence for my mom but if my dad didn't like agree with her consequence he would make up his own consequence and so I vividly remember like getting in trouble and my mom like yelling at me and taking my phone and then like my dad kind of following suit and like didn't really like want to do like that route so instead like he waited a couple days and then kind of like gave me you know like a stern talking to so I would say like that can be like the not bad part per se but like the stressful part sometimes for me is because it's like you know it's like okay you already heard one parent like speak their truth now you got to hear the other parent like speak their truth on it as well um and even like you know high school it was like the same thing and like now with being in college like I could tell it's been kind of a struggle for my parents to like give me you know any ounce of freedom um but I I can tell that they're working really hard um especially like my dad like he'll like speak gems into me without like trying to belittle me or like um make it seem like I'm not grown or I can't handle things so like I really appreciate that on that end um and my mom is kind of like the more like tough love person so she's like you know um she's kind of like like a just get it done which sometimes it can be like a little overwhelming for me sometimes because it's like you know obviously I want to get it done but it's something that's hindering me you know from getting what I need to get done but um I know she means well as well um but yeah, I would say like overall, if I could summarize like how it is being in a two-parent household, like it's great. I love it. You know, like every relate, every parent's relationship, every relationship goes through hard things. But um, you know, overall, it's healthy. They care for each other. They love each other. They protect you know each other. You know things like that. Um, but you know, sometimes like you know, it, it can be a, a little bit overstimulating. Um, and that's exactly how I would just describe that. Um, as far as the next question goes, how do you feel about situationships and what term or definition would you use to define a situationship? Yeah, thank you for sharing insight about your family. That was really great. I love the transparency. And as for the situationships, I would say if you are a certified lover girl, 
and you're a relationship, dating to marry type of person, I personally feel like they're not meant for you because you're going to stress yourself out thinking about what if he really doesn't like me, well if he liked me enough he would make me his girlfriend and you know that can be sometimes overwhelming and that can be like you said like overstimulating and just always thinking about those different emotions and always kind of second guessing what they say or if he says I hope you have a great day maybe like deeper meetings and things like that but you know at the end of the day all he's saying just have a good day and stuff like that so I think if you're in a situation where you feel like it's not going anywhere of course it's kind of a thin line though because you don't want to rush you know what I mean I feel like we live in a generation where everything's just so fast you meet somebody you guys date you break up and it's like a repeating cycle but you know personally like I would love to date Tamir I would love the man to become my boyfriend give me a promise ring give me my engagement ring give me my kids that would be like the perfect thing for me but I know in reality that just can be really hard especially in our generation there's so much that's going on and you know, I know a lot of people say like, oh, I'm my own person, I do what I want, but honestly, a lot of people do follow trends and you see on social media like, oh, my situation is kind of the same, so it must be okay. So you really have to really know yourself, know your worth, and just be firm on what you believe and what you don't believe in. And, you know, if you're, like I said, a person that is a firm believer on relationships, and having a title and things like that, you should just really just, you know, not ignore the red flags because somebody will, you know, like you but not want to take you serious and it can do it for months, years and things like that. Then you're in a situation where you're three years in with a person and still in the talking phase and you're ready to move on and they like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So just communicating with the person that you consider your partner, making sure you guys are on the same goal because it's different to be getting to know a person, just really making sure they're the right person for you and progressively moving on. If you are talking to someone for a very long time and you're stuck, you know, that's an issue. But just making sure you guys are communicating and making sure you guys are on the same page and emphasizing the communicating because, you know, make sure your partner's giving you what you need. And in a situation, you're not going to get what you want and what you need. So, you know, knowing when to leave and things like that. Like I said, not ignoring the red flags. And how I would define a situation, it would, it really is so tricky because, like I said, in this generation, it's like a hookup culture. A lot of people get with somebody, get to know someone and things may progress things may not and then you guys are like texting talking hanging out it's almost like a bestie with feelings and i don't know it's just such a it's such a tricky i don't think there's a right answer there's not a wrong answer i really think it's just personalized to who you are and what you stand for and you really have to know who you are and what you stand for and um don't settle you know like you kind of can kind of feel when things are kind of like at a standstill and if you communicated with somebody how you feel and what you want and you feel like you're not receiving what the energy you're giving it's time to leave like that's that that's a situation where you're not receiving what you're putting out and it's not equal or if the person is oh well I think you know we can still talk to other people but you know you're my favorite like that's a red flag what do you mean I'm your favorite you know like 
I know we kind of joke about that and you know but if you but some people at the on the flip side aren't ready for a relationship and aren't ready for a title so they kind of do date and mingle and things like that and you know if you're one of those people and you come across somebody that is ready for a relationship but you're not you know like I said just communicating that and make sure they're on the same page because no one wants to be hurt no one wants to be sad um and things like that so just really just communicating things like that and I don't remember if I like defined a situationship but if you had to define it I would say dating without a title this is not my boyfriend or girlfriend or partner this is just someone that I hang out with and I have feelings for and um like I said things might progress for you guys are like sleeping together and things like that are becoming like sexual um but there's really no title i don't really give it like a time frame or anything like that because some situationships turn into relationships but you know just messing around with one or more people and just like you know just vibing i guess in this generation terms um yeah, Layla, what's a situation shift to you and how would you define it and what are your thoughts? Yes, so I feel like when it comes to defining a situation shift, I will use the exact same definition as you like dating with no title, doing relationship things with no title. And I think when it comes to like my feelings on it, I would say that I feel like it can be something positive sometimes like um because I'm a firm believer in like one person like may have just got out of a relationship or like had bad experiences so like they want to take it you know just a little bit more extra slower with things but I think the concern not necessarily the problem but the concern more so is when like both people aren't on the same page about like what the end goal is um and so like even for me like i'll use me as an example i'm more of a person who wants to like take things slow but i know like the end goal like the end outcome if you will is i want to be with this person um and when it comes to like me being in a relationship with somebody i would never be in a relationship with somebody who I can't see myself dating for years on end. Um, and so when it comes to like, you know, two people having like situationship and one person like, you know, wants to eventually be in a relationship with the person, but the other one is just looking for strictly fun um, because they enjoy like, you know, the person's company and like they always have a good time. I think that's where the disconnect um, starts and that's where the concern starts. Um, I also like want to touch on the fact that, and this this isn't just with males too. I mostly you know experience it with males because I am straight and I do date just males. Um, so I'll just speak on like the you know from my perspective, but I know it happens like for like with males and females as well. Um, but like you know when it comes to like holding back um on like how they feel or about expressing um the outcome or or their end result if you will um and also like people sometimes like you know will tell you whatever you want to hear especially if they know like you don't love them yet like it's not super strong feelings they'll tell you whatever they want to hear to like get you to go for ice cream with them or to get you to you know do whatever they want you to do for them so 
um, to like keep things shorter, to wrap things up, I would say that um, it can be good, you know, for people who really want to take it slow and they know their end result, but it can be bad if both people are not on the same page at the end of the day. And for our next question, we have, it is, what would you define as the one who got away and do you ever feel like you were someone's one who got away? That is a great question. Um, how I would define the one that got away is kind of like right person, wrong timing, um, or just not being ready for something that's perfect is like the one that got away. Um, like Katy Perry said, just you know having like a strong love but it ended up failing um, or just not working out at that time. But honestly, I feel like love never fails. And if it fails, it wasn't true love. It could have been a love or some type of love, but it wasn't true love. Um, and as for am I somebody who, who got away, um, I would like to think myself as a likable, lovable young lady. Um, I would hope no one's sitting there crying, missing me. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if I was somebody's, um, the one who got away. Yes, I feel you on that one. I feel you 100%. And when it comes to how I would define the one who got away, I would say that one person out of the dynamic realized, like, hey, like, I messed up, like, either months later or years later. And at that point, it's like, it's too late either the person has moved on and they don't have those strong feelings for that person anymore or they're you know in a completely different relationship or just you know just feeling somebody else in general um and as far as do i personally feel like i'm someone's the one who got away i would say yeah for sure um i feel like i'm somebody's you know the one who got away um and i feel like this person has like address this to me without like verbatim saying that like you know I'm the one who got away for them but like just the word usage and like you know the conversations that you know we spoke about you can almost tell like there's some type of regret um but you know like like what you touched on which is like love never fails and if it fails it wasn't true love so that that's what I'm gonna leave off with on that note. I'm I'm just gonna let it there because that sentence in itself is just really powerful and I feel like it should just stand alone and I should end that sentence off with that. And as far as the last question goes, how do you feel about ghosting? I have mixed reviews. Personally, I'm a person who always is explaining themselves and sometimes I get in my mood where I'm like, you know what? I'm confident, like, I don't need to explain myself. I'm gonna let it just be what it be, and they can figure it out. But honestly, don't do that. That's not responsible. Honestly, just be an adult, just be honest, just be transparent. I think a lot of people like transparency. And don't lead somebody on. So instead of disappearing and not texting, or like texting back days later, and then texting them like, hey, I'm sorry, like, I've and not generally meaning it honestly just be like hey i'm glad and i appreciate the time we spent together but i'm going to end it right here you know you don't have to be disrespectful or ugly but just be honest and just let the other person know like you know 
this isn't for me at least, but um, just just be honest and just communicate with the person. Yes, great insight, great perspective. And I would say as far as what I think about ghosting, I am in the middle about it. So like kind of what you touched on, if somebody has already expressed their concerns, their deal breakers, etc., things like that, and the person is like still disregarding them, not taking them serious, whatever the case may be, then that person deserves to be ghosted because they've known on more than one occasion how you feel about a certain thing. And at that point, it's either they not listening or they just don't care. And on the flip side, I would say that it's a not so good thing when, you know, like people are like using it as a way to be, you know, immature, you know, like, um, and I feel like, like you said, just like be transparent, be grown, you know, like every tough conversation doesn't have to be disrespectful. Like you can politely say to somebody like, let's part ways, but um, I feel like it's almost like somewhat disrespectful in a way, like, cause we're all going through our own storm. So it's like for some people not to give like the person the decency to like tell them what's up when they know like the person already, you know, has other, you know, things, people, et cetera, that may be like stressing them out. And then they have to, you know, be stressed out about where they stand with the person. I just think, you know, when it comes to that, like, it's not fair to the person. Or if the person is, like, genuinely, like, clueless and, like, the deal breakers and the concerns are, like, not expressed in the beginning, then it's like, okay, like, you you need to be transparent with them. Like, you need to let it, you know, be known that, hey, I, I just want to part ways. So I definitely see, like how it can be a good thing and how it can be like a not so good thing. But I definitely want to thank you for coming and taking your time to be on the show. And for me, you know, just being able to like express my thoughts and for you also like expressing your thoughts. Um, I really appreciate it. So thank you for Absolutely. being a part of my podcast. No, thank you. This was a great topic and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Thank yes. you. Thank you, everyone. We'll be hearing back from you soon. Bye.